Hello and welcome to the Holmes Politicast. It is Friday, April 9th. Woohoo, fun time. All right, we got a lot. We do have a lot to get to today. I know I said yesterday we didn't have a lot to get to, but <clears throat> today I have a show for you. So let us commence with the show. <laughs> So, we start today with Michigan being impacted by the border crisis. So, number one, I wonder how many other states... I've been hearing reports uh, from other states, like, you know, kids being shipped to um, facilities, uh, hotels, all this stuff. You know, it's always hard to say, oh, that stuff is definitely... That stuff is definitely true. So, I mean, I looked at it. I saw some of the reporting. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this this thing at the border is uh, is getting bad. So uh, now we're being affected by it here in Michigan. Um, up to 240 unaccompanied children will be housed in Albion on the campus of a nonprofit organization that specializes in residential programs and child behavioral health services. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so, Star Commonwealth, in a Friday release, said it cited or said it signed a facilities agreement with the federal government that allows the administration for children and families to use its 350-acre campus to help alleviate the developing humanitarian crisis at the southern border. So, they are shipping these kids all the way from the southern border of the United States all the way up to Michigan. Now, if you're looking at a map, that's a really long ways away. Um, in miles, oh my goodness. From the border of Texas to Michigan, ah, man, I don't know, miles, 2,500-ish? Let's see. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually look it up real quick. Uh, so, <clears throat> oh, 1,271 miles. Okay, a little off, but anyway, actually, I think it'll be a little bit closer to 1,700 miles from the southern border, so... I mean, because Google Maps just took me like right to the middle of Texas, so I'm gonna add like another. Uh, I can't really add another 500 onto that. Maybe like another 200. So about 1,400 miles we're shipping these kids all the way up to the northern border. So that's cool. Um, you know, actually, I saw I saw one um, report that said like uh, Trump left it left Biden specific instructions. He was like. Do not change our policy at the southern border or you will have a problem. Well, now we have a problem. So, the news is finally actually reporting it. Um, there's there's a picture of... Okay, so this is the facility down there. Um, just, it looks very cramped. There's a lot of... I don't know what this plastic is. Um... 
I don't know, looks like blankets. I can't really see what is actually going on in this picture. Okay, it looks like a person, 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 person. Okay, so it looks like those are all blankets. Yeah, yeah, those are all blankets. So every single one of those silvery things is a blanket. These kids are lined up next to each other, foot to head, down this room, all the way around, and then down the middle. My goodness, that is what our our facilities look like at the southern border. And I saw Ted Cruz trying to take video of this um, a couple, like a, two weeks ago, and the the people down there just kept on you know standing in front of him, getting in his way. So uh, that's several hundred kids and teenagers are crossing the border daily. I mean, I know we so. You, you guys have probably seen the footage of the um, the border patrol agents took of like the coyote dropping the two children over the border wall like they're just coming over in droves so and they're they've got no uh, regard for our laws our uh, our you know the crisis that's going on anything so uh, moving on from the border crisis because, um, we might as well, uh, Biden resists. So I saw this, uh, yesterday this started after I had already done my thing. So this is kind of breaking in a way, um, Biden resists. So Whitmer called Biden. She was like, oh my gosh, we've got so many cases. We need more vaccines. And he said, no, <clears throat> that's basically the article. Um, they offered up a number of ways to assist in our effort. I made the case for a surge strategy at this point. That's not being deployed, but I'm not giving up. Okay. I don't know what getting more vaccines now will do. Like, I don't understand this lady's thinking like every time she does something, we get a surge. And then she's like, oh my gosh, I can control this. I can control nature. And she never really manages it, if you'll notice. Um, she manages it for like a second. And then she's like, oh, bravo, everybody's doing so well. And then she's like, you guys have been doing awful. What are you doing? You're out there without your masks and getting all covid And like, it's always our fault. She never just stops and thinks, maybe... I can't control this virus. Maybe it, like most airborne sicknesses, perhaps it is in the air. I know that's a crazy possibility, but it is a possibility. So, you know, if, if, if that's the case and these airborne viruses are not able to be controlled by politicians then um this lady's just just crazy uh she says we are at war with this virus what what do you mean we're at war with this virus what can i get some ammo like is there is <laughs> what what are we doing to kill this virus how do we know if we got it like is there do we have like micro scopes on our faces and no uh yeah yeah microscopes on our faces yeah, that's what it would require. Yeah, we got to we got to see the enemy. We got to peel him out of the pew 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 right out of the sky. Okay, so that's what that's what we're at, or that's where we're at. Uh, we're pew pewing the virus, 
We are at war. Um, the state has administered about 5 million vaccines to roughly 3.1 million Michigan residents. Um, so we're looking at 24.4. I don't even know why I'm reading this part because I don't really care how many people are vaccinated. Actually, I stopped really caring about, um, you know, how many people had the virus too. I mean, I don't pay attention to it any more than I would pay attention to the flu. Uh, so here's an interesting develop. This just happened today. So, you know, breaking news doesn't often happen on the Holmes Politicast, but here it is, breaking news. Uh, Governor Whitmer has decided to start asking her people to do things instead of demanding. Well, it only took a year for her to figure that out. A little over. A little over a year. People generally respond better when you ask them to do things. So it's a good tactic, but after a year of demands, I don't know if the people are necessarily going to um, listen to this. I think, you know, in, in areas... So here's what's going to happen from now on if, if Whitmer doesn't keep on micromanaging the entire state. Areas that start seeing surges will shut down themselves until the surges go away, and then they'll open back up. This isn't complicated. This is actually... Um, this is how the country was intended to be run. In fact, this is how our state is intended to be run. Local uh, people make decisions about what they want to do. Okay, The closer your government gets to you, the more power they have over you. The farther away they get, the, the less power they should have. So now that we've finally gotten back to constitutional rule... Um, you know, I I don't think we really need to... There's there's a bunch of reports going around that, you know, hospitals are at capacity again. Um, oh, I like I like this part. So the Michigan Restaurant and Lodging Association said in Friday in a Friday statement that Whitmer's suggestion to stop indoor dining was misguided and didn't quote track with the outbreak data, showing restaurant patrons were involved with a. 0.03% of Michigan's nearly 1,000 outbreaks. I mean, I I think that's relevant information. Why doesn't Whitmer give us that number? That point zero or that point three percent. Um. Says as we approach herd immunity in Michigan, that will transform the hospitality industry for the better. It is incumbent on all of us to act with common sense and proper precaution said Justin Winslow, president and CEO of the association. We've heard of him, or we've heard from him before um, in various other, you know, goings-on with the uh, the um, rest, or Michigan uh, Lodging and Dining? Restaurant Lodging Association, yeah. So, they're, and they've been really pushing back against her hard over the entire thing, so... Um, so this guy, ah, Steve Matthews. Okay. Superintendent of, oh, they're, okay. So they're just saying which school districts are doing what, um, you know, you can, you can read that if you'd like. I try and get the whole article in here so that you can pause and read it. Um, 
if you'd like to just go through it. And then, you know, because I can't talk about the entire thing. Um, so that's, that's the article. Um, yeah. Good stuff. I'm glad that, you know, we, we need to have people that are pushing back on the governor, not because, not, you know, not in a, uh, in a disrespectful way, but she needs to understand that we are adults. We want to be able to function in our society as we choose not be treated like children. So, um, actually that's just the title. Okay. So, um, so people have been calling for charges to be filed against officers. Um, in this case, I know it's not a big, you know, giant news case all over the country, but, um, BLM activists, of course, here in Michigan have been pushing it. Um, so the, the, I guess the long and short of it is, um, racism was called or racism was, um, was, uh, accused. Uh, everybody said, oh my gosh, these, these racist cops, they're just killing another black guy. And then Russell goes in and she finds that, nope, uh, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. So, let's see. Well, do, do, do. I'm trying to find where it says. Oh, yeah. He unknowingly in, ingested another, a dangerous substance. Okay, so sounds kind of like George Floyd. So he ingested drugs. Um, he was restrained. And he died in police custody. And the officers were cleared. Except for in George Floyd's case, the officer's still, you know, on trial. So, I, looking at that case, I want to say it's impossible that he gets convicted, that Chauvin gets convicted. There's absolutely no way that any jury with any sense of morality could convict him after seeing what we've seen. After seeing the autopsy, after seeing witness, after witness, after witness, saying that they would have done the same thing. I just don't see that it's possible that he gets convicted. So, basically, this, you know, things happen on a large scale in our country. Things happen on a smaller scale here in Michigan. Everything kind of moves together, um, especially in this, you know, culture that we've got. That's where everything's connected on the internet. So, um... It'd be nice if we didn't have crazy people screaming racism every single time a criminal was, uh, you know, accidentally killed or accidentally killed himself, but we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. You know, we just got to keep on holding our press accountable and holding our politicians accountable to not be lying to us because some of our politicians have been lying to us about this. Rashida Tlaib has pushed this BLM stuff, has pushed this, uh, you know, these innocent black people uh, being hunted down by cops, um, perspective. So those are the kind of people, I mean, we need to get them out of office, but, um, at the very least just hold them accountable. And that's what I try to do. So, 
Um, all right. So I saw this a couple days ago. I think I mentioned it on the live react. Um, so one of our Supreme Court judges, and I've seen this guy, he's the guy with the glass eye. Uh, he was in Dubai, Israel. And <clears throat> not that I really care. Um, okay, I'll just look for staff with regard to remotely, unless a task cannot be performed that way. So, he says, during this time, Judge Bernstein has not missed a, call, a case call, public hearing, or con conference with any other, with the other justices. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, if he's doing everything online, I don't care where he is, to be quite honest. Um, if he wants to go to Dubai and hang out and, um, so this is kind of, this is kind of an interesting question here at the end. What, how could a judge really understand what really, re what real people are going through in Michigan when he's staying at a resort in the Middle East? Does he need to? He's a judge. All he does is look at the law and decide if it's been broken or not. Why does he have to be connected to the people in Michigan? I mean, I understand, you know, having a Michigan native on the Michigan Supreme Court, but forcing him to be in Michigan while he carries out all of his duties is silly. It's about as silly as yelling at Ted Cruz for getting the heck out of Texas when everything was going to heck. Like, it's it's just dumb. And the Detroit Free Press should be ashamed to print that. That's that's silly. Come on now. Why is... How can you really... Oh my goodness. Okay. Um... Let's see. <clears throat> so this is a this is the same kind of piece. Um, but I I wanted to show you guys. So this is how this is handled. Migrant crisis at U.S. southern border drives demand for foster homes in Michigan. Now, I want you guys to just close your eyes. Think about what this headline would have been like a year ago. You know it, and I know it. And that is our dishonest press right there, covering for Biden what they would have called Trump a racist and a xenophobe and a horrible person for. I mean, if Trump had had a crisis at the border and he was shipping children to Michigan there would be no end to the screens that, oh my gosh, he's separating children from their parents. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. WXYZ, that is why I don't trust them. That is why, I actually, that's why you should watch my show every day. Because um, I hold them accountable, or at least I try. So, that's <laughs> that's my sales pitch. And it's free, so, I mean, you're getting a free product. Um, let's see here. We've got this. This was kind of interesting to me. 
So I'm going to actually read through this whole thing um, because this is something that's concerned me from the beginning. We rushed to this vaccine. We got it right out there. And yes, I think it's safe for the most part, but you know what? I'm just, I'm open. I'm open to it not being safe. I mean, if that's the reality, that's the reality. So, uh, Cummings, Georgia vaccinations at a max or at a mass vaccine site in Georgia have been paused following several reports of adverse reactions after being given the Johnson and Johnson single dose COVID-19 vaccine. The Georgia Department of Public Health reports eight people on Wednesday had reactions that were consistent with common reactions and were monitored at the Cummings Fairgrounds vaccination site before being sent home. One person was taken to a hospital to be evaluated before being released. More than 400 vaccinations were done at the site on Wednesday with no reactions, and the health official says there is no reason to believe there is anything wrong with the vaccine. We are looking into what happened and what may have caused the reactions, including the conditions at the fairground, such as heat and the ability to keep the site cool, said Kathleen E. Toomey. Yeah, a bunch of letters. Commissioner in a written statement. Cummings is about 20 miles north of Atlanta. This is the fourth report of a pause in vaccinations at a large vaccine site in the country this week. Colorado, North Carolina, and Iowa have also reported reactions. Also on Wednesday, a site in Colorado had 11 adverse reactions from the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine and two people were taken to the hospital out of an abundance of caution. The others were given juice or water at the vaccine site before being sent home. On Thursday, vaccinations were paused at PNC Arena and two other sites in Raleigh, North Carolina after multiple adverse reactions to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine Four people were taken to the hospital for evaluation. At least one person in North Carolina had fainted. So none of these are very common. Um, doesn't sound like anybody's had like an awful adverse reaction. Um, so that's just kind of an interesting um, bit of news that, I don't know, it seems like... <laughs> The media will stoke your fears right up about any hospitalizations concerning coronavirus. Um, but any hospitalizations concerning the vaccine, well, you know, that's science. And, you know, we, we know that these are supposed to be, you know, this is supposed to happen. And we know that some people are going to react. And, um, okay, we know that with a vac or we know that with a virus, too. So. That's goofy. All right. Drive-in theaters are going to be a thing this summer, I feel like. Don't you guys? Yes. Yes, we all do. Drive-in theaters are probably going to be opening. Um, a lot more of them. I don't know. We'll see if any... Yeah, I think it, I think some new ones will open. Um, maybe the existing movie theaters, like, re... Uh, kind of rejigger themselves to make use of what they've got still. Um, we'll see if like, Oh goodness. Excuse me. So we'll see if that like manifests in anything. I don't know. I think theaters are open right now. So I think you can just go there normally, but maybe they'll accommodate things because there are a lot of people that are still scared. So, um, well, what this is about? All right. 
So, WXYZ Detroit. Oh, yeah, I guess. I guess they would, uh, if they don't have a drive-in movie theater in Detroit, then they have to go to Illinois. But we do have one here in Grand, or, uh, here in Michigan. Uh, in Muskegon, yeah, everybody, everybody should go check that one out. Um, not this Illinois one. Stupid WXYZ trying to export our movie theater business. Come on. Come on, man. All right. Well, this is, this was just kind of like a fun piece. Um, so yeah, get out, go see a movie, go to a normal movie theater. Um, because you know, they're perfectly fine. You're not going to die. I'm not going to try and, uh, you know, whip you up into a panic. So, all right, we have got, I've got one more thing here scheduled and then I don't know, maybe I was considering just blathering on about the need for community, but we'll see. I don't know. Right now, um, I don't have any conversation going, so, yeah, I, so I would like to have a conversation hour, so, or a conversation portion, so we'll talk about that, uh, after I get done with this, um, all right, Michigan Redistricting Commission votes down measure to recite Pledge of Allegiance, so this will get just about every American's blood boiling, and it's not my intention, um, you know, don't let your blood get boiling about this because, excuse me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm yawning and I shouldn't be. Um, I should have coffee and that's my bad guys. Um, all right. So Michigan's independent citizens redistricting, redistricting commission voted down a measure to recite the pledge of allegiance at its meeting following a contentious discussion among commissioners Thursday. The motion to begin commissions meeting or commission meetings with the Pledge of Allegiance was made by Doug Clark, a 74-year-old Republican commissioner from Rochester Hills. Okay. He says he thinks it's our patriotic duty to say it. Uh, this younger lady says, I don't feel that it's my American duty to say that. I think that I can be an American and as great and a great African American and a great person without saying those words. I don't know what her problem is with saying them. Um, like, I, like, I'm Christian, so I have a higher allegiance to God's kingdom, but I have no problem saying that I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America or the republic for which it stands. Um, so I would suspect anybody that just refuses to say those words, that says they'll say those words, but refuses to actually do it. Like, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of a tell. Like, um, it, it's, it's hard for me to explain how that's, that's, I mean, it's so self-obvious. If you are refusing to say something, okay. Say, uh, say if, if I wouldn't say, White supremacy is bad. Okay. Say I just refused to say that. Okay. And, you know, I, I said, well, this other guy said white supremacy is bad. And, um, you know, this 
of course, of course, uh, Americans don't believe that white supremacy is good. No, I won't say that white supremacy is bad, but of, of course Americans don't believe white supremacy is good. Yeah, you'd be a little suspicious of me. Rightly so. So, um, it's great that, uh, it's great that, you know, this lady refuses to say the Pledge of Allegiance um, on our redistricting committee. Uh, all right, fine. If this demo, wow, he he would literally turn his camera off and stay silent. It's weird that Democrats are all so opposed to the Pledge of Allegiance to basic democratic ideals. Like, I know the intention behind this is to say let's unite, and it feels like the conversation we are having leads me to believe it won't unite us. Um, yeah, I think Clark is absolutely right to say to one president, you know what? I, I applaud the free press right here. I applaud the free press. Look at what they did. Clark found support for the measure among other Republican commissioners. Rhonda Lang and a 48 year old Republican commissioner from Reed city told a story about a friend who had a 20 year old, 22 year old son come home from Iraq in a casket wrapped in an American flag. He loved this country, and that's what that flag represents. She said, I think that saying pledge is basically just saying that we're all Americans. Let's come together. Let's treat each other respectfully. Right? Of course it is. Of course that's what it's saying. But, of course, Democrats don't want to do that. And, yeah. So, that's that's sad. Um, I wish that Democrats could come together with us about something, you know. If we can't even get together about saying that um, we're pledging allegiance to the republic and to keep us to keep us free, like what really can we come together on? So that's that's gonna be the show for today. Um, I do want to do so. I've been doing a uh, live react to the news every morning at nine, uh, which I encourage you guys to get involved in um, Twitch TV. You just search the Holmes Politicast. It's all one word. Um, and it's easy for me to see, you know, chat. So anybody could just, like, throw up a chat. And I see it. I can respond to it almost immediately. I'm always watching my chat. So that's a really cool feature about Twitch. Um, another thing is uh, you guys can see, you know, the articles that I'm talking about. You guys can actually, um, especially on the morning edition, like, you guys can say like, "Oh, hey, I saw this article. Let's let's look through that one." Okay, so I keep these subscriptions so that you know I can go through the news. You guys don't have to subscribe, and you guys can just you know watch me, and we can hold our excuse me, we can hold our press accountable, and we can hold our uh, elected officials accountable. All right, so that is the show, guys. Um, hopefully, the next one will be a little bit longer with a little bit more interaction. Um, I would love to get that going. Um, oh, goodness. I just had somebody pop in. So uh, if they have anything, any closing remarks they would like to say, any closing remarks from the new viewer, you just popped in right here at the end. So I apologize. Uh, oh, well, it's just uh, stream elements. Okay. All right. We will be back next week, guys. Thank you so much for joining the show today.
Have a great day. God bless.